Zechariah 4 and 6. And this morning we're going to speak on shout grace to the mountain. Shout grace. Zechariah 4 and 6. This is the word of the Lord. Someone say the word of the Lord. To Zerubbabel. Say Zerubbabel. Say I'll never forget. Zerubbabel. It's a great name. Not by might nor by power, says the Lord, but by my spirit. Don't you love that? Aren't you glad you're not left to your might or your power? Says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone. Someone say, he shall finish it. With shouts of grace. Grace to it. Come on, say that. Grace. Grace to it. Father, we welcome your Holy Spirit in this room this morning. Speak to my brothers and sisters. Speak to this church. Lord, let your will be accomplished in us this morning. Say things we don't even say, whisper into the ears of my brothers and sisters, that which you want them to have. Come, Holy Spirit. This is your room. Let us glorify Jesus. And everyone said, amen. I don't know if you've ever wished that you had someone to speak for you. You know, someone, maybe you were in a situation and you thought if someone would just speak up for me. You ever been there? If someone would just carry my case, if somebody would just speak for me, if somebody would open a door for me, if somebody would make happen what I can't seem to make happen, there's a power in somebody speaking up for you that has more strength than you have. Can I get an amen? I love my scholar, my grandbaby. She's a darling, but I know that she can speak for me, but she doesn't have the power to speak for me in situations that require an adult victory. Here's the situation. We are in Zechariah 4 and 6. And here is Zerubbabel, and the Lord stands up through the prophet Zechariah and says to Zerubbabel, you're going to have to shout grace to this mountain. The Lord speaks about this mountain. I love to hear conversations that God has because it encourages me when I can't hear what he's saying about me. He's saying something. Come on, somebody. When God stands in this chapter and says, this mountain Speak grace to it. You've done everything you could do. You've used your energy. You've used your talent. You've used your gifting. But this thing won't seem to move. That mountain can represent so many different things. But in this chapter, it represented the work of God had halted for 16 years. Someone say, my, my, my. 16 years. 16 years God had set a precedent that his name would be in this place called his temple. That's what had stopped. This work had just halted. In fact, there had been taskmasters that had been hired to stop the work of God. But isn't it wonderful what God wants to do through you is God's idea and God's plan. Come on, somebody. It's God's glory to get it done. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise this morning. It was God's idea. He wanted to have a place. And listen to this because it's about your life where the context of his name could be seen. He wanted to have a place for he himself to become famous, the healer of broken hearts, the restorer of broken dreams, the one who redeems lives from the pits. Can I get an amen? He wanted this place to show his glory. 
what could be and should be. It's the same thing in your life and my life. God wants to use your life, your gifting, your talents, where he has called you to show forth the glory of God, that others would see and would look and see God's name above your life, above your strengths, above your weaknesses, above everything, that they would see you say, like Zerubbabel, I'm going to shout grace to this obstacle. I'm going to shout grace to this thing that won't move. I'm going to shout grace. I'm tired of thinking I'm a struggling magician trying to pull one more bunny out of the hat. Can I get a witness from somebody? Like it is all on me. I'm just so cute and so talented. I'm saying this about all of us. I'm so cute and so talented. I'm so gifted. I'm just, I know I can move this, but there are strategic moments that the Lord will allow you to come to the end of your might and your strength and your wisdom so he can step in and he can say, you've been doing all you know to do. You've been faithful to do all you know to heal that relationship, to change that situation. But I'm telling you today, I've let you come to the end of yourself so that you can stand in my power and in my strength and shout grace to this mountain come on somebody grace to this mountain God attempts to jump start Zerubbabel's heart God attempts to awaken his vision oh we love the word awakened um, I spent some time with Lance Walla now at Daystar and I, I can't wait to those shows to air powerful man of God and he was talking about the awakening how that we can't just assume America's going to be okay can I get an amen we've got to go back to the board local board schoolroom. we've got to go to the local box we can't sit on our backside come on somebody and just pray America's going to get better but we've got to lift our voice we've got to lift our vote at the ballot we've got to lift our heart we've got to stand for our children and say this is not the America that I know it can be. I'm not going to wait for some Russian to drag me out of here. I'm going to make a stand today for the awakening of Jesus Christ in the earth. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And listening to him speak and just go on about it. If you ever heard Lance, look him up. Very powerful. But he was talking about this awakening. God is trying to awaken Zerubbabel, Brother Gerald, and God is awakening you and I today. He's awakening us to say, I'm letting you sense today that there's more in this than you thought. He was trying to jumpstart Zerubbabel. Now, I don't know if you've ever started something and then halfway it just set for years. But get this image in your head. Zerubbabel has to ride by the temple unfinished for 16 years come on somebody can you imagine I would think I'm gonna take a different route to work come on somebody I ain't going by the donut place this morning come on I'm not gonna go by the gas station because I don't want to pass that thing follow me in my life that I once believed God had called me to do that thing that I knew God had laid his hand on me that thing that he laid his hand on church of the harvest for this one thing God laid his hand on us that we might fulfill the works of Jesus Christ can I get an amen but every day for 16 years. Now, mathematically, Chris Vernon could have taken this to the ultimate infinity, but we didn't have time for that. But I can tell you that 16 years is 5,840 days. Come on, somebody. 5,840 days. 
He drives by that which was unfinished in his life. That which he started. I mean, it was God's idea. It was God's plan. You know, you may think it's funny little girls singing in uh, little hairbrushes when they're little. Can I get an amen? They do little things. They dream. Little boys dream and run up and down with their cars and trucks. Some of those dreams we think are foolish, but obviously, and I want to tell you without hesitation, the Lord put some dreams in your heart when you were little, Alex. The Lord put some dreams in your heart, brothers and sisters, when you were little, but then life happened. Can I get an amen? And then there were interruptions, and then maybe you, you met your own demise. You met your own failure. And for 16 years, whatever that looks like for you, whatever you're believing for today, you bypass that thing that's unfinished. Those dreams that the Lord gave you. Those visions that the Lord gave you. And it's funny how Zerubbabel has to drive by that every day and look to the right and say, there it is. There it is. You wonder in this moment, and I speak this by what I feel is confidence in who God is. You wonder how Zerubbabel didn't just say forget it all I'm done for 16 years this has been hanging in motion for 16 years I've been waiting for God to fulfill that word he spoke through so and so come on somebody for 16 years I've been waiting for what I know God put in my heart maybe to start a men's rehab or maybe to start an orphanage or maybe to start this or to do that or start my own business all of these things to give God glory but I've gone by these things so many times and you wonder how did Zerubbabel make it to this chapter how is he even here when for 16 years he passed it I'll tell you how because it is the power of the Lord that sustains a vision it is the power of the Lord that sustains a miracle it is the power of the Lord that sustains a man or woman even through detours and derailings and disobedience and things that get in the way until the Lord says the time is now Zerubbabel I'm gonna jump start your heart and say not by might nor by power but by my spirit someone give him praise hallelujah hallelujah I love what God says and what he doesn't say he says who are you who are you oh great mountain now I love that Keith because you know, we often think, oh, it's just a molehill, honey. You know, what you're facing, it's a molehill. That's what grandmother used to say. Any guy grandmother ever said, it's just a molehill, honey. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. That's what he used to say. But you know what? God does not call this a molehill. He calls it a mountain. And he's not in denial. And sometimes you and I do a disservice to ourselves when we don't even want to validate that we got a mountain. Come on, somebody. That we have something that we don't know how to get over it, to get past it, to get around it. I mean, there's things, there's visions of this church um, as we, we won't go into that today, but soon as we are beginning to look for new property and look for new place, there seems to be a lot of mountains out there. But I'm convinced, as my elders have told me, the Lord has already prepared a place for us to go to. It's been prepared. It's going to be perfect. They continually speak into my life every week. We're going to keep looking. We're not under a time pressure. Don't worry about that. But what I'm saying is sometimes we need to call a mountain that which it is, a mountain. You know what? We're not going to say, oh, this is nothing. You know, you say, so, oh, honey, that's nothing. 
Well, you don't know nothing until you said what I've said. Come on. You, you, oh, honey, that's nothing, honey. It's just a little hangnail on your finger. You know, oh, honey, that's nothing. It's not nothing to you, and it's not nothing to the Most High God. That which is unfinished in your life, that call that maybe things and, and just, I always say, unexpected junctures in the journey, and you find yourself on a path, and you cross over some things you never expected to cross. And you wonder, will God's vision continue to live on? I'm going to tell you something. God's visions originate within himself. God's visions and his plans originate within him. People change and come and go, but God's vision depends upon God. Can you say amen? And this was it. And he says to him, who are you, O great mountain? What he's saying is like, identify yourself. You're a great mountain. We're not going to deny that. The Lord himself who created the mountain is going to say, but before Zerubbabel, you great mountain, you shall become a plain. With shouts of grace. Someone say grace. You shall be leveled is what God is saying. I love that God does not deny the side of the mountain, the size, but he speaks to it. And he says, who are you? The reason he says, who are you? before Zerubbabel, it's not because Zerubbabel is anything powerful. If you start thinking that about Zerubbabel or thinking that about a pastor or thinking that about your teacher, your leader, whatever, you're going to minimize your effectiveness. What God is saying, I'm speaking to you and saying, who are you mountain before Zerubbabel? Because I want you to know I'm in the middle of this thing to lower you and it's not going to be by human wisdom. It's not going to be by human understanding, but it will be by the grace of God Almighty. Someone shout hallelujah to the king. And he says, and he, Zerubbabel, will lower you. This morning, the Lord says, and she, Peggy, will lower this mountain. And she, Courtney, will lower this mountain. And he, Austin, will lower this mountain. And will lower it with shouts of grace. Meaning when we get to the other side of this mountain, just like other things in your life, you were given this mountain to show that it can be moved to somebody else. It's terrible some of the things that everyone has gone through in this room. If every one of you were to pick up a microphone and share your testimony, some of you have overcome addiction, alcoholism. Some of you overcoming other things. Are you coming out of things? Or you've come through trials and all of this. That mountain, you might have said, I would have rather not had that mountain. But there is a power in those standing who have moved the mountain that you're trying to move. And they begin to lift up their voice and they say, Mahalo. You. That's why when we give out awards in recovery services where people have met certain days clean, there's a long line. It's like a dance line, and we play celebrate good times. Come on. And this line is full of people that have overcome years of walking out of things because you know what? That mountain recognizes the voice of those who have already told it, be cast into the sea. Come on, that mountain. And the mountain that you have overcome, you show others with your voice, this mountain can be moved. And when it's done, I'm going to shout 
grace to it. May God raise up men and women like you and I who will stand beside those that are facing mountains that we have already overcome and we lift our voice and say, who are you, O great mountain, before David? Because us that have already faced you, we've seen you cast into the sea and we're going to lift our voice as one sound of praise, one sound of testimony that says we didn't get here by ourselves. It was the grace of God. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Shout grace. This book of Zechariah, his name means God remembers. And that's what's so powerful. And there's a cast of characters in this book. There's Joshua the priest. There's Zechariah the prophet. There's Zerubbabel, who is the governor. He's a businessman. He's not a preacher or a prophet. He's a businessman, but it is on him to put his skills together to finish this work of God. And I think what's so important about the book of Zechariah is that God has all these visions. I can't teach the book of Zechariah. We'd be here a long time. Look at your neighbor and say, a long time. But there's so many powerful visions the Lord gives of the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. There's so many visions. And I think sometimes what happens right before a passage is as important as what happens in the passage. I think what happens right before you almost gave up is as important about the moment that you didn't give up. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you can track back and you can see how things were going, how the enemy formed questions to discourage you to make you insecure about your place, your part in the restorative work of God Almighty that he wants to do in you and through you. Someone say, in me and through me. And right before Zechariah 4, Joshua, the high priest, who's part of this great family. None of us are going to get anywhere by ourselves. Can I get an amen? We are a family. We are a team. We are a church. We work together, strengths and strengths and weaknesses and weaknesses. Can I get an amen? And I love right before this that Joshua, right before we're going to deal with this mountain, one of the players, Joshua, is standing before the angel of the Lord. Someone say the angel of the Lord. He's standing before the angel of the Lord. And all of a sudden, it said that Satan came and stood beside Joshua as well. Okay, if I'm standing before the Lord, I don't want the enemy on the right side. Come on, somebody. But he comes. Someone say he comes. Because he comes. Listen, the enemy is not fighting you over what you have been in life. He's fighting you over what you will become. It doesn't matter what's behind you. He could care less. But what sometimes I believe that um, the enemy senses the destiny of God around a group of people. The enemy senses the destiny around a man or woman of God, around a marriage, around a situation. All through the word we see this. And the enemy may not know what is planned, but he does know I'm going to try to get in the middle to discourage and nullify the faith that what God said is going to happen. Can I get an amen? And here is Joshua, one of my favorite passages in Zechariah 3, right before 4. Joshua's the priest, Arubable's the governor. We'll come back to him in a moment. And he's standing there, and it said that the Satan came and stood at his right hand. And all of a sudden, he begins to accuse Joshua to the angel of the Lord. You see, there is a moment 
when the enemy, he tried to nullify Nehemiah. He tried to discourage King David. Come on, somebody. He's tried to nullify every great man or woman by making you question things, make you insecure. You're not good enough. If anybody knew about everything in your life, nobody would believe that God can use you. I want to tell you something. God is not choosing you in spite of, but because of the things you've gone through. Come on. God is choosing you because that's what happened all through the word of God. And Satan is accusing him. And in that moment, I love what the angel of the Lord does. He says to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Joshua to play a part in this redeeming, in this rebuilding of the temple, the Lord rebuke you. We would have never known if God had not opened the heavens that when you have moments of doubt, when you question your validity to be someone in the kingdom of God, that the enemy is on the right side of you accusing you before the Lord. But what you have to remember, the Lord thunders back and says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Alex. The Lord who has chosen Mike. The Lord who has chosen Tim. The Lord who has chosen Rhonda. Rebuke you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Because his choice, his election of you and I nullifies everything that the enemy would seek to say against us to seek to pull those things under the blood. Recently, I was with a situation in which someone had to be restored, and Brother Kenneth Copeland was involved in this situation. And he, I can't go any farther than that, but he said on this conference call, woe be to any man or woman who reaches under the blood and pulls something out. Come on, somebody. You and I are to never reach out underneath the blood where Christ has redeemed past and forgiven and made a new way and keep pulling it out and pulling it out. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is by grace in Jesus Christ we are saved. He is the righteousness of God. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. And I love what the Lord, the angel of the Lord does, Austin. He says to Satan, he doesn't say, oh, Oh, no, you don't know, Rhonda. She's so cute. You know, she worships me and dances around the front of the church. And, and uh, she prays before she goes to bed and anoints herself with oil. You know, she's so special. Um, don't be talking about her. I love that God does not try to list merits about me to get me away from my enemy. Come on, somebody. Because you and I have no merits. Our merits are in Christ Jesus alone. And I love that the angel of the Lord says, the Lord rebuke you. Is this not a man who has been snatched out of the fire? What he was saying is, go ahead. Hit me with the best shot you got against this man of God. Come on, hit me with the best thing you can say about this woman of God. Come on, hit me with everything they've ever done. Just keep hitting me because I'm going to tell you, you are not telling me anything I don't know, says the Lord. I knew who he was when I chose him. I knew who he was when I called him. I knew what I was getting into when I put my name upon them and nothing has taken me by surprise. Someone give Jesus a shout of praise. The Lord rebuke you. Joshua was clothed in filthy garments. And the angel of the Lord said, take those garments off. Take them off. And put a new garment upon him. 
let us now be not identified. I was talking to Jensen and Cherise Franklin, who obviously, and it's, it's all over the internet, so I would not say this, but has some children in addiction. And I was at a private dinner party with them, and it, things came up, and they wanted me to tell them how I'd help people. And I said, what my husband and I began to love about Celebrate Recovery is when he would go visit NA and AA. We love both, think they're awesome, wonderful programs. But he said people would forever identify, my name is Rhonda, and I'm a drug addict. And they would say that until they died. But what Pastor Hank loved about Celebrate Recovery was you would say, my name is Rhonda. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And that's who I identify. And I am walking out my freedom from cocaine. Come on, somebody. You see, that is taking those filthy garments off and putting on a new name, a new purpose, a new destiny so that no longer. You know what? Because the enemy wanted to label Joshua. He wanted to label Zerubbabel by the things they had gone through. There comes a time that you and I have to say, Lord, put a new garment on me. And they put a turban on his head, which was a priestly turban, which means holiness unto the Lord. How do you go and stand? How do you go and heal the sick? How do you go and cast out devils? How do you go and just make a difference in the workplace? You don't go in your own strength. You don't go in your own power. You go with the new garments that come from Christ and a thing written upon your head. I'm holy unto the Lord because of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Someone give Jesus praise. So Zerubbabel, I love that God led us into all of this in Zechariah 3. So in Zechariah 4, we would understand that the enemy has been trying to move upon all the team players. Don't ever be surprised in your workplace when you find out half the people are discouraged there. Don't ever be surprised when you find out people are discouraged at your church community or discouraged in your family because the enemy often comes in to try to undermine your confidence. But number one, you've got to guard your purpose. I want you to say guard my purpose when delays come Zerubbabel didn't take the exit ramp do you get me you see this story would not have been here I mean this is shocking if Zerubbabel had taken the exit ramp if he had said I can't take it 15 years I've been passing by what's unfinished maybe it's a word the Lord gave me a vision something I want to bring into this earth a difference I want to make and I just I can't pass this anymore he could have any moment taken the exit ramp and he would not have been in the moment when God had preordained that the mountain was coming down. Can I get an amen? Guard your purpose. Guard your thoughts. Guard your words. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're what? Mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing. Listen, I had a prophet to tell me when I was young. God says he can protect you from others. But he's having a hard time protecting you from yourself. What in the world does that mean? Because I believe my voice more than I believe anyone else's voice. I can, I've told people for years, or all of us have in leadership, we'll not under, overmind these things. You know, all the things that God has for them and to speak life into them. But until you start using your own voice to say over your own destiny, I have a purpose, I have a destiny.
You made me for your purpose. You made me for your glory. Until you start saying that over your destiny, it doesn't matter. I can get in a thousand prayer lines. I can go to a hundred prophets. I can travel to every conference from here to Zimbabwe. Come on, somebody. But until you and I start guarding our own thoughts and our own words, you know, it's funny. Have you ever gotten locked out of your iCloud on your iPhone? Oh, my goodness. Go to Verizon, and they will be pulling their hair out. I mean, these young geeks that are so awesome. I love them. Some of them are of our local Verizon. I just love them. Some of them are pastor's sons. I like to go talk to them. But if you get locked out of your iCloud, they will go to Apple. Pastor Hank got locked out one time. Honestly, I thought we were all just going to end our life right there. Come on, somebody. Because we could not get through this. They tried. They called Apple. They did everything. But you know what's funny? You have security on your front door. Oh, I can see that package was just delivered, and uh, Sally didn't get it. I can see who's at the door now. I can see who's at the back door. I can see who's four houses down the street. I can see who's running down the community. I mean, I've got security everywhere. I can see behind my head, in my head, and across my head. Come on, somebody. But you know, the truth of the matter is we don't protect our thoughts like we protect our phone. We don't protect our mind like we protect that iPad. Oh, what's your security code? I'm not giving you my security code. When hell freezes over and bats fly out of hell, I will give you my security code. You're not getting into my phone. I mean, Pastor Hank and I had the same number. We, we still would if he was here. I still have his phone. We had the same number. Everybody's like, I can't believe y'all do that. I said, we got nothing to hide from each other. We had the same number. We're just in each other's phone all the time. But sometimes we're just so protective. We're protective over our house. We're protective over this. But we let thoughts come in like vile intruders. They come in to steal that which is pure and lovely and good report. And we let them just march in and out and march across. We don't take those thoughts and say, you know what? I used to, I'm a big fan of Jack Bauer. Give Jack Bauer a hand if you just love Jack Bauer. And I love Jack Bauer because when he would interrogate a terrorist, 24, it's a long time coming, people. When he would interrogate him, he would like, where did you come from you know he'd stick them under here and over here I mean I don't want to get too gruesome but he always wanted to know where the terrorist originated from because when he found out if they came from Somalia that meant one thing if they came from um, I, I can't even think Afghanistan that meant the other thing you have got to be like TSA at the airport you got to scan your own thoughts and you got to say this thought didn't come from God this thought didn't come from anything godly this thought is trying to intimidate me it is trying to coerce me it is trying to harass me this thought didn't come from God I'm going to protect come on somebody my own mind I'm going to protect my own destiny I'm going to do it. Learn to protect that. Guard your thoughts. Zerubbabel had to pass that thing every day unfinished. It seemed like insurmountable odds. Josh, if you'll come help me, I'm not quite done, but just set the atmosphere for me. He faced insurmountable odds. And it's interesting because that mountain was there. I can't fill those blanks into you. If we were like one-on-one -on -one at dinner, we could do that together. And maybe sometime we will. But you've got to fill in the mountain in your life right now. Maybe more than one mountain. Zerubbabel had to pass that unfinished. He had to see that thing was done. And it looked like that it was impossible to get around. Here's the thing that's so curious to us as human beings. We have faced all kind of insurmountable odds before, have we not? Each one of you have a testimony. Each one of you have more than one testimony. Can I get an amen? 
things that were uncrossable. The old hymnist used to sing, got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible, and he will do what no other God can do. Can you say amen? And you think this morning of the things, just Israel, you think this morning about Israel and the things that they had crossed over, the Red Sea. Oh, no, we ain't never been through nothing, we say. Come on. This mountain's going to take me out, Betty. It's just going to take me out. I tell you, Betty, ain't never seen a mountain like this. Albert, that was my papa's name, Albert. Albert, this mountain, it's too big. Ain't never been up against this. Never had this much responsibility before. I've never had this on my shoulder before. I've never dealt with this family issue before. Oh, well, wait a minute, Israel. Zerubbabel, it was your great-grandfathers that crossed a Red Sea and God parted it. And it was dry ground. Okay, Israel, we've never crossed anything bigger than this. No, you crossed a wilderness. Everyone in this room today, you got through a wilderness no one said you could get through. Come on, somebody. And you made it to the other side. Can I get an amen? And you made it to the other side. You crossed through Jordans. The Jordan River was at flood level. And God got them through that. They crossed it. Someone say they crossed over. They got to Jericho. And they shouted that down. But it's funny in this moment that the third point, so let's start to wrap this up. There's always a path forward. I want you to say there's always a path forward. Don't take the exit ramp. Hold wisdom close and keep fear at bay. Hold wisdom very close. But don't let fear grip you. You see what God said to Zerubbabel through the prophet Zechariah. He said... It's not by might nor by power. I want you to say, not by might nor by power. You see, all believers, just hang, stay right here. We're good. We're good. We're going to get money back here. It's going to be good. All believers' tasks will not be accomplished through human resources alone. I want you to say, human resources alone. Now, this was not a magic wand thing. It was going to involve some work. I mean, we want a fairy godmother, don't we? We want the Wizard of Oz, but you know, that guy was like a fake. You know that? Toto pulled down the curtain. It was nobody back there. Come on. We want things to be abracadabra in our life. But he's saying, not by might, which is the Hebrew word, hayil, prominence, not by power, cloth, strength, Hebrew, but by the supernatural enabling of his wisdom and his strength. Not by might nor by power, but by his spirit means wisdom you didn't go to school for. Come on, somebody. Talent that you don't have to that degree. Gifting that supersedes your level. Power that's resurrection power. You see, years ago, um, Pastor Barbara was with me. I was preaching in Canada side of Niagara. So many funny things I should tell and I won't, Pastor Barbara. But we were in Canada side preaching, and part, she was partnering with me and some other ladies. And there was about a 1,000 women from Jamaica, Bahamas, all over. They'd come from so many places. And I had preached that morning, 
and I'd preach that afternoon. We're talking about the divine. Everyone say the divine power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, say it. The divine power of the Holy Spirit. The third person. And the leader of that great conference, Kathy Payne, a dear friend of mine who's International Missions Director for Church of God of Prophecy, came to me after lunch, after I'd preached two, two services and prayed. My voice was shot. I was exhausted. And she said, I, I don't know how to tell you this, Pastor Rhonda, but the woman that was on for tonight says you've got the word. And said she's not intimidated by you. She's set in your service, but this is a great woman of faith. She's not intimidated by you. She's not trying to back out. But she said you've got the word for tonight. Well, I was very frustrated. So the women with me began to do different things to try to help me get cough drops, pray. We called home. We put on a prayer line. And I just said, God, I got nothing. I could barely speak. I had prayed for thousands of people. I was exhausted. And I laid down. And somewhere on that laying down on my bed, the Holy Spirit said, Oh, it's not by your might nor by your power, but by my spirit. And if you will stand up there tonight, I'm going to show my glory through you in a way you've never seen. And I'm going to wreck this place in a good way. So I went, I asked him to change a few things so that I could take it right after worship without some of the dignitary kind of things that sometimes would happen. When I got up to minister, the Holy Spirit just began to roll. It was like Niagara Falls came on the inside. And those women, there was no musicians but an old-time piano. And you could hear them stomping their feet when they worshiped. I mean, it's the most heavenly sound on earth. Pastor Barb is it not. I mean, it's just heavenly. Singing and worshiping and all different dialects. And I began to exhort the crowd. And when I did, the Holy Spirit took over and began to speak through me in the heavenly language, which is a gifting of the Holy Spirit. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. When I did, I don't even know what happened in the next hour. It was just kind of crazy. My last consciousness of what I saw at the back was a group of people with earphones on, and they were throwing the earphones off, and they were running. And this is for you, Pastor Ramon. I thought I saw him. Yes, this is a story I tried to tell you recently. And uh, they were running. Well, the service went on. It was powerful. It was anointed. God did it. It was by his spirit. Give him a hand. God did it. It was amazing. He did it. But late that night, while we were all just like dead, I mean like this, a knock came to the door at almost 1 a.m. It was Kathy Payne. She said, you don't know what God did tonight, do you? And I said, no, no ma'am, I don't. Uh, I said, I'm exhausted, but God's faithful. She said, when you got up and you greeted, she said, the spirit of the Lord, she said, there's a group from Buffalo, New York. For a year, they had raised money to come. They had driven on a bus. They had sold things. They're so believing. They live in a very poor side of Buffalo, New York, very poverty-stricken. They work their fingers to the bone making crafts, selling things, and they're so believing for revival to come to their neighborhood. And when you took the microphone, she said, I happen to know you know no Spanish. And I did. I made a D in Spanish. It's a long story at Lee University. It's still on my record. Go look it up if you want to feel good about yourself. My boyfriend and I, we broke up, and we didn't want to see each other, so I made a D. It's all good. But at any rate, didn't know any Spanish. She said, but when you got up to the microphone, you greeted them 
in perfect Spanish. The Spirit of the Lord told them, I have seen your sacrifice. I have seen what you have done. I have seen how you have worked so hard to get here. And I'm going to visit your children and your children's children. And I'm going to turn your community upside down for the cause of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That's when Holy Spirit, it's a simple illustration, speaks, steps in to speak. That's happened a few other times. My dear Cindy Thomas, one time the Holy Spirit greeted her in perfect Spanish as I led worship, her father, Santiago. But that's a very rare example. But it's a simple example of when we grow restless of carrying around the yoke. And when we say, Genesis 27, 40, when you grow restless, you'll throw the yoke off. Someone say, throw the yoke off. When you throw the yoke off, you say, I'm tired of trying to make this mountain move by myself. I'm tired of trying to think it's all on me. Again, I'm a struggling magician. I just got to see what I can pull out of my hat. I got to see what I can make happen. It's on me. It's on me. It is not on you. It is on Christ through you. He is the one who brings grace and power and strength. And that's why I said, Say to that mountain, Zerubbabel, who are you? Who are you? Who are you before the Lord's people? Who are you? You shall be leveled with shouts of grace, with shouts of God's power. will do what I cannot do within myself, with shouts of glory that God will do it. You see, it was the mantle of grace that clothed Gideon, and he brought people of God to great victory. It was the mantle of grace that picked Deborah up to the top of the mountain, and she brought victory. It was the mantle of grace that came upon David, King Little David, and five stones brought down Goliath. It was grace that caused a shout against Jericho, and the walls were lowered. Can I get an amen? It was grace that picked up Elijah, and he girded up his garments, and he outran Arab's chariot and he outran King Ahab and he said it shall rain today as surely as God says it is grace it's not the yoke it is grace that will pick you up time and time again and put you back on your feet can I get an amen it is grace that was the sound of the mulberry bushes that caused Jehoshaphat to say the angels of the Lord have taken over this battle with God before us who can be against us it was grace that caused one angel to walk upon the enemies of God the night that Hezekiah feared his people would be killed and one angel with grace killed 1805 101 say amen it was grace that caused Nehemiah to stay in his place and he answered his enemy why should I flee why should a man or woman like me flee I am full of grace and power and strength it was grace that opened the eyes of the servant where he could see there was more for them than there were that were against them someone shout grace someone shout grace grace it was grace not by might nor by power that shut the mouth of the lions it was grace that opened blind Bartimaeus' eyes. It was grace that one 
early morning as the disciples huddled in fear. It was grace, the dunamis power of the Almighty God, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, that the Lord shook the earth and raised Jesus from the center of hell and death and raised him to the right hand of the Father. It was grace that causes him to stand now upon the highest pinnacle of glory adored by angels. It was grace, grace, grace. Keep standing. Come on, just keep standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's grace that will conquer this week for you. It's grace that will heal your mind. It's grace that will restore your family. It's grace that will pick you up. It's grace that will come behind you. And here's what will happen. That same grace that caused Zerubbabel to begin it, caused Zerubbabel to finish it. Some of you say, I can't pick this back up again. I can't do this again. Whatever that is, it may look different. Whatever that is. But God says, come on. Take your little time, your little energy that you feel is dwindling, your little want to. Oh, yeah, your little want to, your little patience, your little act of obedience. Pick it back up and know that the grace of God is going to pick you up. Who are you, oh, great mountain, before Rhonda? You shall be leveled. And when you're level, I'm not going to take the credit. I'm not going to take the glory. But I'm going to give a shout of grace, grace, grace. The Lord Almighty, not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. Give Him one more shout of praise in this house. Come on, give Him one more shout of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We shout grace. Hallelujah, we shout grace. Hallelujah. Come on and practice it. Someone shout grace. Someone shout grace. Say grace to the mountain. Grace to the mountain. Not by my Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You've done all that you know to do, says the Lord. Will you now shout grace? There's some unfinished, thank you, sir. There's some unfinished business in this room. There's some unfinished destinies in this room. I'm going to claim it too, sir, if I may. Some unfinished destiny of some things that we dreamed or we saw at one point. We're not sure how those development will come or those things will be fulfilled. And we get weary, says the Lord. And we get frustrated when it doesn't happen. We become presumptuous when this doesn't happen or that. But the Lord says the mountain will be leveled with shouts of grace. Don't take the exit ramp. Guard the value on your life. Say to the Lord, I'm not getting off the exit ramp, but I'm heading full stream ahead because I know he who began a good work will complete it. I know who he says, it's not by might nor by power. I've done my might, I've done my power. I thought if I was cute enough, good enough, smart enough, if I was this or if I was that and the Lord said, it had nothing to do with that. It has to do with you letting me get in the way and work my will through you and you are going to see the mountain leveled. One more praise to him and we're going to pray. Come on, hallelujah. As every eye is closed just for a moment, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, 
Or maybe you have wandered away from him. You've sensed him moving here this morning, but you're distant from him. If that's you this morning, as no one's looking, if you just lift your hand, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. I see those hands. You can put those down. Is every eye is closed? If you would pray with me with these that lifted their hand, then we're going to pray over each other before we're done here today. But if everyone in the room would repeat this prayer, Dear Jesus, I'm coming back home today. I've tried it my way. I've tried it in my power. But today, I'm confessing that you are Lord. I turn my life back over to you this day. Can you give him praise for those that prayed this prayer? Hallelujah. I want you to find someone for standing with your